0: to share a word from the Lord this morning with you, something that I believe that uh, the Lord has given me, I know that the Lord has given me, that um, should change your perspective on the situations and the circumstances that you may be facing uh, in this thing that we call life. And I believe that God is up to something. How many will agree with that and say yes, God is up to something? I believe that. I looked back this past week over my most recent sermons, And God has been speaking to us pretty thematically. I looked at those sermons, and the last five sermons and or sermon series that I have delivered to you have been titled, Positioned for Progress, One Thing, Walking in the Light, Cleaning House, and then Don't Give Up Now. And then if you were here last Sunday, Sister Sue Woodruff came last weekend, and she preached a message titled, Lead Me to the Rock that is Higher Than I. And I'm telling you, God anointed her. If you were here, did He not anoint her mightily in those services last Sunday? Yes. And in the second service at 11 o'clock, I'm telling you, she just—if you—if you were not able to be here, or you were maybe at the early service, it was good too. But I encourage you. Go back to the Weekly Word or go back to the video archive. You can now do that on our website. Uh, But go back and watch those. Watch the 11 o'clock service. Listen to the 11 o'clock service. She just operated in a gift of knowledge and wisdom. And the Spirit of the Lord just used her in a mighty way. And God spoke to us last week. So I believe that God is up to something. Shout amen. And I believe that God has been preparing us. I believe He has been realigning us. I believe He has been repositioning us. And today... I believe that he wants to change our perspective on some of the movement that we made. So I want you to look at your neighbor and tell him, God is up to something. You said that like you're still half asleep. Look at him again and say, God is up to something. Thank you. He said his sheep would know his voice and a stranger they would not follow. Can I tell you this morning that we are all following something? I said we are all following something. And that's why it's important that we don't miss His voice. When He is speaking, we need to listen and we need to follow. And as we talk about following Him today, I want to do my best, if the Lord will help me, to communicate something to you that I believe the Lord deposited on the inside of me this week. And you know, it's very interesting to study, if we talk about David in the Bible, to study the contrast between David's destiny and his decisions. Have you ever thought about how that, in a sense, He was anointed as a 16-year-old kid. And so he had no choice but to become king because God spoke it. And because God spoke it, it had to happen. How many knows when God says it, it will come to pass. But there's a sense in which David's decisions either supported or sabotaged his destiny. And I think it's important that we look at David's decisions. One thing that he said as he drew close to the end of his life, is found in the book of Psalms chapter 37 and verse 23 if you'll stand with me all over the room today Psalms 27 and 37 and 23 rather gives us some insight as to how he looked at his decisions and I want to read this to you today in the King James Version of the Bible. A lot of times I read other versions that are easier to understand. But I want to preach this one to you this morning. I want to read it the way I've always heard this one growing up. Because a lot of you, this is very familiar to you. Psalms 37 and verse 23. And I want us to do something different today than what we normally do. I want us to read it together out loud, if you'll help me. Let's do that. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Say that again. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. I want to preach to you this morning for a few moments a message God has given me that I have simply titled, Every Move I Make. Let's pray today if you would. Father, we just love you. We praise you. We thank you for your awesome presence and anointing that we felt in this worship today. We know that you're in your house. And so God, if I've ever needed you before, I need you right now. God, I need you to help me to effectively communicate your word today. Anoint every ear to hear and every heart to receive. God, don't let me spew out any of my words today, but let everything be inspired by you. Let your word come forth today, not in the enticing words of men's wisdom, but in the demonstration and the power of your spirit under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I ask that you would anoint every ear to hear your word and every heart to receive your word. And God, more than anything, let us leave this place differently than we came today because we've been changed by your word. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray and everybody said, Amen. Now give the Lord a big hand clap of praise before you're seated. I want to read that scripture again. Thank you, Nicholas. The word said, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. I love that scripture. Does anybody else this morning love that scripture? Anybody grew up on that one? memorized that one. Anybody love that scripture? Yes. I love it because I do believe that my life and your life is destined. I believe that there is an outcome that God intends or he would not have put us on this earth. I believe it not only when it seems like that, but I also believe it when all evidence points toward the contrary. And as you know, In a court of law, if Scott Webster were here this morning, I'd pick on him, but he's the only attorney I know that goes to this church. But in a court of law, you present the evidence, and then the judge delivers the verdict, right? Well, faith actually works in the exact opposite direction. Uh, God has already established a verdict or an outcome for your life, and now... As a child of God, you gather evidence to support the verdict of God's goodness. So I came to serve notice on the devil this morning that the verdict is in. Somebody shout, The verdict is in. What are you talking about, Pastor? The verdict is in because I already know that God is good. Can I get a witness? I already know that God is for me. The word said if God be for us, who can be against us? I already know that I'm more than a conqueror. I already know that I am made more than an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimonies. I already know that God is with me because he said I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way even unto the end of the earth. I already know that God is on my side. I already know I've already read the end of the book and I already know that we win so it does not matter matter how the battle rages how the enemy fights in the end I already know that I'm going to win because of the blood of a man named Jesus I already know I'm going to a place much better than this world I already know that God is for me somebody shout yes and I found out that usually You will collect evidence to support whatever verdict you've already decided to believe in your heart. So David says at the end of his life, he says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. What's interesting about this verse to me is that everything in David's early life seems to contradict the conclusion that he came to and made at the end of his life. If you think about David's early life after God anointed him to be king, he did not just step right in to that appointment as king. Because there's always a space between what God shows you and the fulfillment of that. For the last 15 years of David's life, it doesn't seem like his steps have been very ordered. In fact, it seems more like Saul is determining his next move more than God is determining his next move. And in fact, it seems like he's moving away from the throne that God told him he would ultimately one day occupy. And so we find him in 2 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 1 in a place called Ziklag. It's a surprising place to find a future king of Israel. First of all, because it is Philistine territory. You may remember that Goliath was a Philistine warrior. And so how could David be living in the territory of the enemy that he defeated? But he is on this border between Philistia and Israel. He's waiting to see what God will do next in his life. And he just received the news while he was in Ziklag that Saul is dead. For any of you that know the story, uh, if I had to be honest, I would want to throw a party if I was David and I knew that Saul was dead, if you've ever read the story. Because this is the guy who was always coming at David's head with spears while David wasn't trying to do anything except give him some good music in the palace. Saul is the same guy who told him, I won't mess with you anymore. And even while he was telling him, I'm going to leave you alone, he was trying to head David off at the next pass. And so while we're expecting David to celebrate the news of the death of Saul, not only has Saul fallen on his own sword and taken his own life, because I've got news for you this morning. You don't have to worry yourself to death and fret about fighting against what comes against you all of the time. Because I said, you don't have to worry yourself to death and fret about fighting every little thing that comes against you most of the time because God will kill it when the time is right. Come on, somebody. Some of the stuff in this life that we spend all of our energy fighting against, God is going to kill it on its own sword when the time comes. How many know somebody that if you just let them, they'll hang themselves? Amen. When you tell the truth, you don't have to remember the story. Hello. I said, God will kill it on its own sword when the time is right, you don't always have to fight against it. So they tell David Saul is dead, but instead of celebration, David goes into this period of sorrow and mourning. And he writes a song of lament for his enemy, King Saul, and his sons, one of whom, one of his sons, was Jonathan, who was David's best friend. Now, isn't that strange? It should have been his rival, but it ended up being his partner. And when he received the news that Jonathan had died, who was his friend, and that Saul had died, who was his oppressor, because usually if you look right past good news, bad news is right behind it. Can I get a witness this morning? A lot of times they come at the same time in our lives if you notice this. I mean, I've gotten to the place that sometimes I'm even a little bit suspicious and skeptical of good days. How many knows what I'm talking about? It's just like, oh, what's going to happen now? It's been too smooth today, too good today. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but for David, it's not a very sweet moment or an announcement that brings him joy. And he writes what's known in Hebrew poetry as a lament. And it becomes a national lament because after he writes it, he teaches all the people to sing it. So I want us to look at just a few verses in 2 Samuel. In chapter 1, he says, upon hearing the news of Saul's death, he says, Verse 25, how the mighty have fallen in battle. See, he's not celebrating good times. He's despairing over the death of somebody who was trying to kill him. Isn't that kind of strange? But he says, how the mighty have fallen in battle. Jonathan lies slain on your heights. Remember, Jonathan was his friend. He said, I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were very dear to me. Your love for me was wonderful. What he's saying here is, it's kind of hard with you not around here. I know you're up in heaven smiling down. But if you continue reading in chapter 2, there comes a shift in David's life where David realizes, I've got to stop mourning and move on. And there comes a time in your life when you must stop mourning. Now, nobody can tell you when to do this or when that time is. Only God can tell you when you've cried over Saul long enough. Only God can tell you when you've cried over that one that walked away from you long enough. Only God can tell you when you've cried over that situation on your job long enough. Only God can tell you when you've cried over that financial breakdown or that situation that you're going through or that valley that you're walking through long enough. Only God can tell you that. But that's what the prophet Samuel had to come to terms with. He said I know that you believed in Saul and I know that you prayed for Saul and I know that you wanted more out of Saul but it's time that you fill your horn with oil and be on your way because your plan B was God's plan A all along. You thought it was a mistake but God said no, this is the way that I have for you. What you thought was a mix up and a mess up, what you thought was a test, God turned into a testimony. Somebody say amen. And so God says, I found a man after my own heart, and his name is David. And I think that if you'll get what I'm saying here this morning, I think we may have some church in here after a while. Is that all right? Does everybody know you're in a Pentecostal church this morning? If you don't know, let me, that was an open disclosure right there. I want you to touch somebody next to you and say, there's a shift. Now listen, I want to tell you what I mean by that. There's a shift that happens when now David has to decide to step in to what God set him apart for. I know that I have to be careful preaching stuff like this because tw- people will twist my words and they'll do crazy stuff like quit their jobs. You know, they'll say, I know God always wanted me to be a baker. Well, honey, I hope you can live off 79-cent donuts. Hello. Hello. You go open that bakery, you got to pay rent, you got to do all this kind of stuff. Don't be blaming me and saying that. This is not a license for irresponsibility. This is not a cop out for us to blame God for our own bad decisions. Hello, somebody. But let me just take a quick poll in here this morning. If you were to be honest, and I think we all should be, let's be transparent. Let's stop being phony, fake people. Does anybody dislike fake people besides me? Listen, I'm real. Your pastor's real. If you're expecting me to be perfect and on some pedestal, I love you, and I'm so thankful that you're here this morning, but you might be in the wrong place. Because I am not perfect, and I'm not up on a pedestal, and I wish that 99% of the church world would stop acting like they're perfect and get real because the people outside the four walls would like to see some real people. So with that said... I want to I take a quick poll this morning, and I want you to be real. How many will say, and I know Angie and I do, so we'll be the first partaker of the fruits. How many will say that I have a decision that I need to make in my life right now? Something just pop into your mind, a decision I need to make. Hands all over the room this morning. Now I want to tell you something. Your decision won't be as big as David's decision to be king, because you're not that majestic. I'm not that majestic. But don't you believe... That the principles that govern David's epic rise and his dynasty are the same principles that God would use to govern our everyday lives? The principles aren't different. The stakes may not be as high, but the principles are no different. So I want you to watch what David did when it came time for him to decide. Saul is dead. Now how do I step into what God set me apart for so many years ago? The issue, that's the issue, is how to get there when to get there, how to get there from here. And any conversation about trust must involve a conversation about timing because trust and timing go together. Trust and timing are inseparable. It takes you some time to trust somebody. How many knows what I'm talking about? That is why, guys, if you get her to go out with you, you don't tell her how cray-cray your family is on the first date. She don't want to get in that hot mess. Do As a matter of fact, if she's the right one and if she's pretty, do everything you can to hide it from her so that she don't find out how. Because, listen, I don't know who you think you're fooling. I've got cray-cray in my family. So if I've got cray-cray in my family, I know you've got cray-cray in yours. But keep it hidden as long as you can. Why? Because trust takes time get to the point where she decides she can't live without you, even if it means putting up with your cray-cray family. Hello. Trust takes time. So the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 2, verse 1, in the course of time, even that phrase would preach. I'm not going to preach it, but it's a strange phrase that's used even throughout the narrative of David's life to signify a shift. You can read through Psalms, and you can read this phrase more than once, in the course of of time, We don't know how long, we don't know exactly what period it's referring to, but it's a significant phrase because it took David some time to figure out what God wanted him to do next. So Second Samuel chapter 2 and verse 1, In the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah, he asked. The Lord said, Go up. David asked, Where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up there. And I read that and I'm like, Well, yeah. If God would speak to me that specifically, I would do it too. Hello, somebody. Wouldn't that be cool if God would just talk to you like that? Let's read that again. He said, shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, go up. You can't get any plainer than that. David said, where shall I go? To Hebron. The Lord answered. My goodness, how specific is that? Wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't you love to have that kind of clear insight and direction for your life? Wouldn't it be amazing if God would speak to you so specifically in things like this? I think I could be called a man after God's own heart too. Hello, somebody. If God would give me this kind of direct information. Robbie, wouldn't it be amazing if God would speak to you and say, don't even go to that PA interview at Cumberland yesterday. Go to this one next week and save yourself some time because you're getting in here. Wouldn't that be awesome if God did it that way? But here's the deal, folks. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The word strategy. Because David is asking God for his next strategic move because he wants to take the right step. Hello. How many knows it's important when you're following the Lord to take the right step? He's been running for 15 years. He don't want to waste any more time. But you may be in a situation today and you may say, I need to know my next step. I need to know, is this battle that I'm going through, is this stuff ever going to end? Or like I preached on don't give up now, could I possibly be in lap six and I don't even know it because I need to know my next step. And how easy would it be if God said, yep, you're on lap six. Boy, some of us would get our second wind and kick it into overtime and run to the finish line. How many know what I'm talking about? Waiting on the walls to fall. But the problem is, in this life, most of us don't enjoy this kind of specific communication with God. And the people who do, or who say they do, are weird. It's the truth. The people who tell you that they get up in the morning and, God speaks to them and tells them what to eat and he tells them what to wear and he tells them where to go that day for lunch they're weird I said they're weird how many knows Pentecost draws a lot of weird stuff sometimes yeah I've had a few Fruit Loops come through here and they'll often do something that contradicts the written word of God listen to me Because the Spirit will never contradict the written Word of God. They'll often do something that contradicts the written Word of God and they'll blame it on an impression and they'll call it the Holy Spirit and then it messes it up for the rest of us because now I don't even want to say that God told me to do something because I've heard so many people use that phrase to justify their own bad decisions, place the blame on God so that they don't have to deal with the outcome. How many knows what I'm talking about? I remember a time, and Karen remembers it. I mentioned it in the first service this morning. There was a lady that came to this church. She's only been here once, never seen her before. I have seen her since. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But anyway, she came to this church, and on a Wednesday night, she came forward at the end of the service for prayer, and we anointed her, and we prayed right here. I don't know what else to say to you except she was a Fruit Loop. I mean, I'm not being mean, but she wasn't right. The elevator didn't go all the way to the top. The French fry box wasn't full. <laughs> That's all I know to tell you, but hey, how many knows that we're called to love those people and pray for those people and pastor those people, right? So we we did that. We loved on her, we affirmed her, we prayed for her, and that was the last time I seen her until I was sitting at the bank one day and I didn't even remember the name. I was sitting behind my desk at the bank and they came to my office and they said, "So and so is here to see you," and I said, "Did she have an appointment?" I don't even know the name, and and they said. I don't know, she just said, she's here to see you. I said, okay, send her on back. So she came on back. Now, when she was standing here that night, she told Karen and I that she was a preacher and that she was an evangelist, and actually she did one of those things where she said that, you know, God told her to come here and and all of that. I believe in that. I believe in direction. But anyway, I told you, she said some flaky stuff. So anyway, she walks into my office, and she's got these papers and these plans, and she sits down on the other side of my desk, and she says, God told me to come here and see you. Because I want to buy this garage for $200,000 and renovate it and make a church out of it and start a church. And I'm going to be the pastor. And here's the papers on it and I don't have any money down. And God told me to come see you because you were going to loan me the money to buy it and the money to finish it. And I looked at her and I said, well. And I pulled out my loan policy manual and I said, see this book right here? She said, yeah. I said, this is my hometown bank Bible. This is the way I have to do things at Hometown Bank. It's not my Bible. Now, my Bible lays on my desk at work. But I said, this is the way I have to do things at the bank. And this book says that I don't even have the authority to loan you 100% to buy it, let alone the authority to loan you more money to fix it up. So I, t- I just told her, I said, I'm sorry. I don't believe that the Lord told you to come here and see me. Because if he did, he failed to tell you, and he doesn't ever do that. He failed to tell you that I don't have the authority to do what you're telling me. He said he told you who I was going to do. It's real quiet right now. And she sat on the other side of my desk, and she went, well. And I said, I'm sorry. I said, hey, for what it's worth, we're trying to build a church too. And if I could borrow the money for the land and the building and not put nothing down, we'd be in it real soon. But even I have to do what that book says I have to do. Listen, folks, we're living in a crazy time where people will say things for their own decision, blame it on the Holy Spirit and say it was God, and then then they blame God for the downfall. A lot of times God ain't speaking to you some of this crazy stuff that you're telling Him that He is. Hello? But I am trying to say that I wish that our walk with the Lord could be as specific as David's was. I don't mean this in any derogatory way at all, but I kind of wish it could be more like Google. I'm going to be honest with you Um, because I have this relationship with Google that I pull it up, and can anybody else testify with me that Google knows what I'm going to ask before I even finish it? And it pre fills it for me, and all I do is click on it, and there's the answer. And so also, here's the scary part. If you type in your name and the city and state that you live in, Google also knows a lot of stuff about you. That's scary knows too much yeah but what I like about Google is Google seems to anticipate what I need to know and a lot of times in our lives if we're honest and transparent God seems to be the opposite because a lot of times in my life I'm begging him and sometimes I'm asking him to let me know what to do about a situation or a decision but yet I don't hear clear answers like this anybody with me this morning it's kind of like the thing called Amazon Echo that's back there in my office anybody know what that is it's a pretty cool device. Somebody, I think we got it as a, actually as a free gift for something we bought at Christmas. And it's voice activated because, you know, sometimes you don't need to be bothered to use your thumbs, right? So, anyway, I like Alexa. That's her name. She has a name. Her name's Alexa. And I have this relationship with Alexa. I can say Alexa and she lights up. I can promise you it does not always work that way with Angie. But Alexa lights up. And she answers me she's like the Lord she hears me when I call but I also want to tell you she's pretty confident in herself and it's kind of scary because the other day Kayla and I were sitting in my office discussing children's ministry last week and I don't recall saying Alexa's name but I promise you she lit up and she chimed right in spot-on on on the conversation that's scary and I said Alexa she said yes Sean I said I don't remember asking your opinion But Alexa's also good to check something. You know, you may think you know the answer, and you can ask her, and she'll confirm whether you're correct or not. You can say, Alexa, is Frankfurt the capital of Kentucky? She'll say, Yes, Sean, Frankfurt is the capital of Kentucky. She checks things for you. And see, I know that that's funny, but I have a feeling that when David inquired of the Lord, Where do I go next? He was already on his way. He was just checking. Because when you walk in God's ways, you will know God's will. Come on, somebody. All you've got to do is just check. Jesus said, if I leave, I'll send you another comforter, the spirit of truth, and he will show you the ways to walk in. I need somebody in this house to help me preach this morning. He said, I'm going to send you my spirit. You won't even have need of a teacher because he will teach you in the ways of truth. You see, I don't have to fret and work myself up into a tizzy over every decision in my life, and I don't have to stress about God's will. Because when I live my life in God's ways, I have the confidence that my steps are ordered by the Lord. My steps are ordered by the Lord because I delight in His way. I'm trying to tell you this morning, you don't have to worry so much about the what when you get your why right. Because when you walk in the ways of God, when you submit to him, because that's next. God's strategy is submission. It's the next thing I want to talk about today, and I'm hurrying. In all of the steps that David took away from the throne for 15 years into the land of the Philistines, into the place of Ziklag, when it looked like he was moving away from the promises that God had made him, He was actually moving into submission. Stay with me. The steps of a good man are ordered. Wait a minute. That's what they do in the military, orders. I found out that a lot of people will rejoice over the sovereignty of God, but they'll resist submission to God. A lot of people will rejoice over the sovereignty of God, but they'll resist submission to God. To believe in sovereignty without embracing submission is not faith. It's a fairy tale. If I say my steps are ordered by the Lord as a way of excusing my own decisions, I have totally misunderstood the implication of Psalm 37 and 23. And I wonder how much differently we would respond to Psalm 37 23 if we considered the word ordered. Because when David went to God, catch this, David did not give God his opinion. He asked God for his next order. So when you live like that, you can have complete and total confidence in every single move that you make whether it seems like you're moving away from your goal or you're moving towards your goal you can know that I'm in submission and because I'm in submission I'm at peace submission brings peace but when you try to get the strategy before submission you're out of order and it doesn't work when you say God orders your steps understand what you're saying and it's not that God will take the next step for you it's that God will tell you the next step to take So when I was laying in a hospital with a massive blood clot in my left leg and I was running from the call of God on my life and I asked God to heal me, God did not do it until I submitted to what he wanted me to do which was to make the commitment to him that if he would heal me I would preach the gospel. And I laid in a hospital bed and committed that to him as a prophet had spoke to me and said Psalms 116 and 15 I think it is he said you shall not die but you shall live. He didn't even know I was wrestling with the call. You shall not die but you shall live and declare the works of the Lord. What are you saying pastor? I'm saying when I submitted myself to God's way then I experienced God's will a lot of the things that don't work in our life is because we're out of order it's going to get quiet now sometimes when your finances are out of order you have the money you need it's just not in order it's because God's not really first in your priorities how do you know that pastor let me see your checkbook and I'll show you oh it's real quiet now nobody said amen to that he ain't getting my
1: checkbook bless the Lord
0: because Listen to me. I can tell because everybody else gets your first and God gets what's left. But when you give God your best, God blesses what's left. When you give God what's left, how can you believe God for his best? That's out of order. Well, I'll move on. The very few times, and as I was writing this sermon, I realized this to be true, and I thank the Lord for it. I actually shocked myself and tried to think of a lot. a lot of some. But but anyway, the very few times that Angie and I have fought in over 23 years of marriage. It has been a few times. But now, trust me, a few of them have been humdingers. Gully washers, as they used to say. But when we fight, it's not because we don't have a blessed marriage. It's because something is out of order. There's a step that I'm skipping. When I talk to my wife and I need to work something out. Anybody ever been there? Can I get a male witness? <laughs> need to work something out. The thing I have to do before I can explain myself is to empathize. Does anybody know what that means? I don't do really well with empathizing. It doesn't come naturally to me. Why do I have to sit and listen to your wrong point of view so that I can wait and tell you that I'm right? Hello? The problem is, the problem is, I'm not always right you should have come off the front pew shouting right there. I'm not not always right. Empathizing, though, does not come naturally to me. But listen to me, because this is the thing that I've learned in my marriage and in my life. Sometimes there's something that I need to learn about the way she sees it so that I can come over to her side. How many knows what I'm talking about? That's why we have so much racial and religious tension in our nation and in the church today. We're out of order. I said we're out of order. Because before we can even listen to one another, we're trying to give a lesson to the other one. But you can't give the lesson until you're first willing to listen. Hello, somebody. We're out of order. And now we're frustrated because it's not working and we don't know what to do. So David's life is a real life, and I'm about to wrap this up. It's interesting how when he was in order, everything in his life had a flow to it. The oil flows when you're in order the Bible says that he inquired of the Lord shall I go up to one of the cities of Judah which was not by the way the capital but because everything God does is in steps and in stages do you know it would be seven and a half more years think about that before David would come into the fullness of his calling but all you need for now is the next step David had been making moves he had been working toward this moment where he would go to Judah and he had sent the men of Judah gifts he would prepared his way he was set up to go and he asked God is now the time because I don't want to move until you want me me to move and in one sentence God told him his next move because for 15 years of David's life God had been teaching him to submit Hmm. let that sink in if you can receive this message today and submit your desires God will tell you what to do when you delight yourself in his way that's what Psalms 37, 23 says, that he delighteth in his way. The steps of a good man are ordered to the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. I don't know if anybody else has been like me, but all of my life, I even shared this with Karen this week, I have always thought that that meant that God delights in his way. I thought that meant that if I'm a good man, my steps are ordered, and God will delight. Well, of course, God delights in the way that he orders. That doesn't make any sense. What it's meaning in this passage of Scripture is that when I delight in his way. See, He said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. He delighteth in his way. When I delight in God's way, I will be in God's will. Hello, somebody. And then my steps will be ordered. You see, and I'm going to take this with me as I go, because I don't want to get off my notes and take more time than I need to. I can stay on this step right here. As long as I need to stay on this step and I can stay in this season of my life as long as God needs me to be in this season God I don't want to go into any greater responsibility or any greater influence until you say that I'm ready for it I don't want to come out of this oven until you say that I'm ready for it I don't want to enter into promotion God until you say that I'm ready for it and when you say step I'll take the step because my steps are ordered by the Lord you see it's a a statement of submission but it's also a statement of sequence When a group of us from the church, actually I think it was one of the first Cove outings, went to the Great Escape Place in London, the guys were together and the ladies were together. And some of the things in the guys' room involved combinations. And they gave you all the numbers, but you had to figure out the sequence using clues. But you didn't have any choice but to get it right in order to get out of the room. Because even with the right numbers, listen to me this morning, if you don't have the right sequence, you'll never get that lock open because it has to be in order do you see where I'm going David could not be a king until he first learned to be a shepherd because there was something he needed to get at the bottom that would enable him to be who he needed to be when he made it to the top somebody shout my steps are ordered that means God not only knows where but he knows what And He knows when. And now I can trust Him because I can be confident that I know that I will have exactly what I need, exactly when I need it because my steps are ordered by the Lord. And so I was thinking about that this week as I studied and I thought, man, if I had known this 12 years ago, how awesome it would have been. But then I realized I wouldn't have known what to do with it 12 years ago because it took 12 years of walking in the calling To fully respect what God is speaking to me in this season of my life. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why I meant what I say when I say my steps are ordered. I meant that. I want you to watch this because I'm about done. I meant that my steps are ordered when they feel like this. But they're also ordered when they feel like this. Do you see what I'm saying this morning? My steps are ordered when I'm going up and it seems like everything's great and God's taking me up on top of the mountain and I stand up here and I look over and I see everything that's going on down there but then what about when, oh, I didn't know I was going down there and just as soon as you get stable on that step, it's like, oh, there's another one and sometimes you feel like you find yourself tottering on the edge wondering how much farther you're going to go down. But God spoke something to me this week that I need you to get in your spirit this morning. God spoke to me and he said, he said, are your your steps ordered by the Lord or just the ones that you like? Did you hear me? Are your steps ordered by the Lord or just the steps that you like? Because my steps are ordered. That means that not only does promotion not come from the east or the west, it only comes from the Lord. It also means that sometimes in your life, pain comes from him too. My steps are ordered. God knows which step is step one, which step is step two, and which step is step three. And you're supposed to take one step, two step, three step to get to the top. But if you start trying to skip steps, you might catch your foot, fall face forward, which is what David addresses in verse 24. He says, though he fall, verse 24, he shall not utterly be cast down. For the Lord, isn't that good, upholdeth him by his right hand. When you're walking with the Lord, sometimes you may fall. But you need to learn that your confidence is not in the stability of your feet, but your confidence is in the sovereignty of His hand. Hallelujah. I said your confidence is not in the stability of your feet. It's in the confidence of the sovereignty of His hand. What do you mean, Pastor? I mean, even when I fall, even when I trip, even when I stumble, even when I missed it, even when I messed up, my steps are ordered by the Lord. Lord. Hallelujah. Cheryl, when you were out on on Lake Haran for 16 hours in what temperature water? Fifty degrees, and the other three people that she was with died tragically in that accident. Guess what? Her steps, it didn't look good at the time, but her steps were being ordered by the Lord. And look where God has brought her and how God uses her. Where did Rhonda Klaus go? Rhonda, when they diagnosed you with breast cancer, and they said you were stage four, is that what it was? And stage three? close to stage four, wasn't going to make it. It didn't look very good at the moment, did it? But guess what? Her steps were ordered because as she kept following the Lord, God healed her. I came to tell somebody this morning, you may not like the steps that you're taking. They may may not feel like the direction that you want to go. But God said, you've got to trust me. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. You might have missed it. You might have fell forward. Here's the good thing. When you're following God and you fall, you fall forward. Catch that. You don't fall backwards. You may fall on your face and bust your lip, but you still fell forward. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. So I want to ask very quickly, Nicholas, Christian, and Chris, to come help me with something, and we're going to open the altar. I know I've gone longer than normal today. Just stay right with me. I believe God's dealing with some people in this house as they're coming. I've been working with Nicholas since he was 12 years old. He was about the size then that he is now. Amen. (laughs) You all laughed at that a lot harder than the 845 crowd. I could have fun with that and say it again, but I'll move on. But I'm a little bit jealous of his talent because we both play music, but I'll tell you unashamedly that he plays a lot better than I do now. He's been playing and practicing regularly for years now, and he does a great job. And some people probably thought that he was placed in this position too soon, but he had the experience and he was who God sent us, and he's proven over time that he was ready for the task at hand. But Saul, I said that to say, Saul, on the other hand, he became king too soon. How many knows that can happen? He didn't have a chance to keep sheep while he was waiting to be king. See, that's the advantage. Nicholas, God love his heart, had to work with me for six or seven years while I directed the choir, the praise team, and the band. So he was just kind of tending to the sheep and doing work before he was placed in a position over them. Do you hear me? He was serving way before he was ever leading. So, I, I, But I want to ask him to help me do something this morning. I want you to take four notes and just play those four notes on both octaves in any order. Go ahead, four notes. Okay, do that same thing again. Okay, now take those same four notes and play them in a different order. Do that again. Now I wonder what would happen if you took those same four notes and you walked them up the scale and then you walked them back down the scale. What's that sound like? Do that again. Some chords with that. Do the same thing, but the chords are those roots that you're in. A little faster again. That's it. Do that again. Get that rhythm right there. Christian, help us out. Give us some drums there. Anybody listen to praise and worship in the early '90s? It sounds like if you add another instrument, add some harmony to it. Let's see what it sounds like with Chris. Anybody recognize
1: that tune? Every move I make, I make in you. You make me move, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. Every step I take, I take in you. You are my way, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in You. If you know it, sing it out with me. Waves of mercy, waves of grace, everywhere I look, I see Your face. Your love has captured me. Oh my God, this love, how can if you know it, sing it. La la. All right, let me hear you sing it out. First again. You sound good. Every move I make, I make in you. You make me move, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. Every step I take, I take in you. You are my way, Jesus. Every breath I take, I breathe in you. Come on, sing it out big and loud now. Ways up. Of- That's it. Sing it. Sing the laws. Lava.
0: La. Big it loud. Have fun with it. Now as they keep playing, as they keep playing, let me say something. I want you to know something about that. This is nothing but the same four notes that he played the first time, except they got in the right order. Does anybody follow me? who I feel the Lord right now. It's nothing but the same four notes that he played the first time, But they got in the right order and then you added movement and sequence and harmony and before you knew it you were singing along having fun with it what are you trying to say pastor here's what i'm trying to say and you all can decide whatever you're going to play for altar thank you very much here's what i'm trying to say the same four notes when it gets in the right order you can begin to see the plan of God unfold on your life so I don't know who's here this morning that the devil may have said to you your steps are going in the wrong direction I wish somebody would help me preach right now the enemy has told you this isn't looking good for you this morning I came to serve notice on the devil today somebody's life is about to get back in order somebody's steps are about to get redirected God came to tell you every move you make whether you like it whether you don't whether you're going up or whether you're going down every single move that you make is ordered by the Lord your steps are ordered by the Lord I wish you'd give God a mighty hand clap of praise as you stand to your feet all over this building come on somebody give him some praise I think God's getting somebody's life back in order today Somebody steps hallelujah You have said in your heart, I've taken too many steps in the wrong direction for God to set my feet back in order. But I say to you today, you are not here just by chance. You are not seated in this building today just because you decided to come to church. You are here today because I wanted you to hear and to know that just because you have not liked every step that you've taken, And just because you feel like you have fallen on your journey, I want you to know today I am still in charge. I am still on the throne. And I am still ordering your steps. Try me, says the Lord, and see if I will not set your steps back in order. Try me and see if I will not lead you to the place that you thought you would never arrive at. Try me and see if I will not direct your path, for I have promised you. My word would be a lamp to your feet and a light unto my path. I challenge you this day. Take this word. Apply it to your heart. Hide it in your heart and follow after me says the Lord. Give the Lord some praise in this house today. Hallelujah Father. We thank you for the speaking of your spirit. We thank you for your anointing and your presence in this house. God, I know that there are people with every head bowed and every eye closed all over this room today. God, I know that there are people in here that have thought, surely I'm on my way down. God, I know there are people in here. I want to be transparent and let them know. I found myself in a dark place recently doing what I always do, but still wondering, oh God, what direction are you taking me? God, what direction is this going? And God, I'm glad that you came to me this week and you said are your steps ordered by the Lord or just the ones that you like God I know that there are people in this building today under the sound of my voice that have been questioning their own steps maybe they feel like they've just stood still stayed on the same step too long not been moving forward in the last little bit but God I pray today that as they move out of their seat and I want to encourage you to do that if you believe the Lord is speaking to you in this house today please don't let pride keep you in your seat step out from where you are make your way to this altar and as they do I want altar workers to flood after them, lay your hands upon them and pray with them, saints begin to pray I believe God wants to get somebody's steps back in order today, if you feel the Lord tugging at you and saying trust me trust me for your next step trust me, I've got this step out from where you are today, they're coming all over the room, prayer warriors be watching they're coming all over the room, come and get behind them quickly, everybody get behind Find somebody up here. Find somebody to pray with. God, I need you to order.